You are listening to the New Day of Hope broadcast with Helena and Glennis Langley. Enjoy. Well, to God be the glory, great things He hath done. Welcome again, my dear friends, to our podcast, and we pray today that God's divine blessings will be upon your life as you listen to this program. So, hey man, call a neighbor, call a friend, and tell him to tune in, because there is joy in following Jesus. Our scripture portion is coming from Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 and 13, and it reads, And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Our subject for today is, What does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? Have you ever asked yourself that question? What does God ask of me? This question was originally addressed to Israel, as we saw in verse 12. But we are spiritual Israel. We are not Israel. But the same questions apply to us today. See, God does not desire certain things of his children, but he requires them. What does the Lord ask of you? Or what does the Lord ask of me? Always remember that whatever God requires or asks of us is always for our good. Because he's always looking out for our good. Look at the last three words in verse 13. It says, for our good. So here we are considering something which is not optional, but imperative. On what ground does he make his demands? Because Moses and Aaron made certain demands of Pharaoh in the Lord's name. That's in Exodus 5 and verse 2. And see how Pharaoh replied. He says, he did not know the Lord, but we do. Who is he that we should require certain things of us? God is the one who requires certain things of us. Amen. So the question was just asked. Who is he that he should require certain things of us. Well, listen, man, I know who he is. I know who can make that demand on our lives. Verse 14 says that God is revealed, watch this now, as the creator and possessor of heaven and earth. In the beginning, the Bible says that who created? Not me, man, not you either. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so if God created the heavens and the earth, he has the right to make demands of us. It is as my creator that he comes and makes certain requirements of me. And that is fine. That should be all right for all of us that God make certain requirements and certain demands on our life, such as demands for us to worship him and demands for us to love him and to serve him. And so it is God, the creator of heaven and earth, that is making these requirements of us. And in verse 15, 
God is revealed as the one who has chosen us for himself. Because before the foundation of the world, you were created in him. He had a purpose for your life. So this is a humbling truth and it's gathered up in the New Testament, which means the New Testament backs it up. Because in Ephesians 2.10, it is the one who has chosen us. He has chosen me for himself who comes and make certain demands of me. So because he owns me, he can make that demand. I don't have control over myself. He has control of me. So he can make any demands that he wants. Amen. We are not of our own, but we are bought with a price. All right. So he, he can make all the demands he wants on our life. So in, in verse 17, God, we see, is revealed as the sovereign Lord. He is the sovereign Lord. He not only make us, but is the one who exercises authority over us. And it is his right. It is God's right to require that we do certain things, my friends. And God will never require that you do anything that is evil. He will never require that you do anything that is wrong. But whatever God is, requires of us, Guess what, man? It is right because he is the sovereign Lord. He is Lord of all, or he should not be Lord at all if he's not Lord of all. That's right. And God is revealed as a universal provider. That's verse 18. He is my provider. How reasonable it is. Therefore, having provided all for us, he requires certain things of us because he provides my daily meal, my daily food. Because he said, he's a God who supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So because he's, he's my provider, he can place that demand on me. Think about your employer. You're working for him. He's the one who pays you at the end of the week. So he can demand whatever job he wants done from you. But overall, God is our provider, and he's the one that can make that demand of you. Amen. So, man, this is really, really good. So my wife was just talking about God is revealed as the universal provider. Wherever you are in this universe, God is the provider. He provides for us, my friends. He put a roof over our head, clothes on our back, shoes on our feet, food on our tables, and the list goes on and on, my friend. But we look in verse 21, and we see that God is revealed as our Redeemer. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it, the songwriter says. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through his infinite mercies, his child and forever. I am redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. So God is revealed as our Redeemer. He redeemed the Israelites, watch this, from Egypt's bondage. You know the story, and time won't allow me to go into that story, but you know it for yourself. So he redeemed the Israelites from Egypt's bondage, from the hands of Pharaoh. But we have been redeemed through the grace and through the merits of our Lord Jesus Christ from the bondage of sin and from the bondage of the devil 
himself. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. And I am happy to proclaim to you today that I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I am redeemed by the blood of Christ. Glory to God. Praise God. And we will continue as God being our Redeemer in the New Testament. First Peter 1, 18-19 says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So we have been redeemed. Redeem mean buy back. So we have been redeemed, not with silver or gold, but with his precious blood. That's why John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He redeemed us with his precious blood. Amen. Amen. And I'm sure if you are saved, man, wherever you are, if you are saved, you are happy and you should be happy that you are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, not with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. So what does God require of us? Let's get into that really. Number one, it is to fear the Lord, your God. He requires of us to fear the Lord, our God. Now, this is his first requirement. What does that mean? What does it mean? Are we to be afraid of God? Is that what he's talking about? No, my friends, absolutely not. No, certainly not in the sense that slaves are afraid of their masters. This is not a carnal fear, but we are not slaves. We are sons of God. Glory be to God. But as many as received him, the Bible says, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. So if we are sons of God, we cannot be afraid of God in that sense. For God has not, watch this, given us a spirit of fear. No, God has not given that to us, but he has given us the spirit of our spirit of love, the spirit of a sound mind that God has given that to us. So you need not fear, but you need to have the power and the boldness and you need to have in you the spirit of love because Jesus said, it's by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. There is no fear in love, the Bible says, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now to fear the Lord means to trust him. We talk a lot about trust in, on our station and on this broadcast. Because you see, my friends, we read that there is no fear of God before their eyes. If you are not saved, the Bible says that you do not have any fear of God in you at all. But what a different thing it is when we come to know the Lord as our loving heavenly Father. Then we learn what it is to trust him and to rely entirely upon him. In Genesis 22 and verse 12, and he said, do not lay your hands on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. 
since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Do we fear God like this? I mean, you need to go back and read Genesis 22 and to see how Abraham really took God at his word. And then ask yourself that same question. Do I fear God like Abraham did? That's a question we all need to ask ourselves. So what does the Lord God require of me? To walk in all his ways. This may be very simply explained because by nature, we go our own way. That's why Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And we all like to get our own way, don't we? We are like Burger King, have it your way. And we like to go our own way. But here is a question. Have you ever given up your own will to go God's way? There's a song which says, going God's way. I'm going God's way. Because we are stubborn people. We like to have things done our own way. But you have to be submissive. You have to let God rule your life so he can mold you into the person that you ought to be. Deuteronomy verse 10 and verse 16 says, Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. We are stiff-necked people. Because the word circumcise indicates separation and submission. So God's way is always best. We have to come to the point where we desire God's way with all our heart. I said before that, you know, we like to do things our own way, but we have to get to a point where we say to ourselves, you know, I need to follow in the footstep of the Lord. I need him to guide me. I need him to direct my path because that's why he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not onto your own understanding because we need him to guide us and to teach us in the way in which we ought to go. Amen. So we began, we're talking about to fear the Lord, our God. He requires of us to walk in all his ways, to walk in all his ways. Now let's see another one. He requires of us to love him. Notice that God does not require simply that we love his service. It is deeper than that. It's more than that. He does not only require for us to love his house or his truth. Because the question that he puts to Peter was this. Do you truly love me? According to John 21, 15 and 15 to 17. Surely if we truly love him, we shall automatically hate evil and the things that God himself hates. Aha. Uh -huh. If we really, really love God, we too will hate evil and we will hate the things that God himself hates. So what does the Lord ask of you but to love him? To love him with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. To love God at all times. That's what God is asking of you. After all, he is the one who woke you up this morning. He's the one who's protecting you on the busy highway, wherever you are going. He's the one that's protecting us. And all he's asking of us today is for us to love him with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our mind, with all our might, and with everything that is in us. Amen. 
So what does the Lord require of you? To serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Amen. The whole thought here is of undivided loyalty. And of course, the primary service that he requires is indicated in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, which says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So you have to give your whole body unto him, not just some, but everything. Have you ever really given your body definitely, deliberately, voluntarily, and completely to the Lord? Have you ever done that? If you have never done that, you can do so right now because that's what he's asking. He said, have you yielded the members of your body to him, which includes your eyes, your ears, your lips, your hands, your feet? All of these belong to the Lord. We have to give him our whole body and our whole body includes everything I just said. You can't give him your eyes, but not your ears because the eye is the gateway to everything. You have to guard your heart. So he wants all of you, not just some, but he wants your entire being. Romans 6 verse 13 says, and do not and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So you have to yield everything to him. And as you yield to him, you're surrendering your all. You're giving him your all and let him have his way with you so you can be used for his kingdom amen and amen so my wife was just talking about to serve the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul god requires that of all of us so let's continue so what does the lord your god require of you but to observe the lord's command to observe the lord's command now this seems to gather up all that God is saying into one simple statement. We read that in Deuteronomy 10, 13. That should be our aim. That should be our desire. That should be our primary concern. Our burning passion to observe the Lord's command. For they are always, watch this, for our good. His commands are always for our good. Remember that if we keep them, we must know what these commands are. We must immerse ourselves deeply in the word of God. We must love the Bible, man. We must not only love it, but we must read it. We must study it because the Bible says we must study to show ourselves approved unto God. We must study it and we must meditate in its truth and its teaching and that we should do day and night when you wake up in the middle of the night and you cannot sleep that's a good time to meditate on the word of the lord that it may never be said of us what jesus said of people many years ago in matthew 22 and verse 29 jesus answered and said unto them ye are mistaken 
not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. And listen, man, it is a sad, sad, sad thing when you do not know the power of God on your life, when you do not know the power that God can bestow upon your life. The most joyful people in this world are those who know God as their loving heavenly father and who seek to do those things which he asks of them for their own good and for his honor and for his glory. Ah, if you, if you do that, then you will be a joyful person. Joy bells will ring in your heart. Joy bells will ring in your life when you start to do things for God's honor and for God's glory. It will turn out for your own good also. Glory be to our God. So as we close this study today, we want to ask you the question again. What does the Lord require of you? If you didn't know, now you know. So be a doer of the word. Give him your heart today. Yield your whole members unto him. And if you have never trusted Christ as your savior, we encourage you to do so today because tomorrow is not promised. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knocked. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will sup with him. So make Jesus your choice today. Let us pray. Father God, we just want to thank you today. We thank you for your words and we pray for those who have never trusted you as Savior that they will come to realize that they need you now more than ever. We pray God that they will realize they are a sinner and they will cry out to you, Lord, what must I do to be saved? Speak to their hearts, O oh God, and those who have trusted you that they will continue to serve you and continue to yield their members unto you. Just have your way, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us again today. And we want to leave with you this truth. Go and find out what doth the Lord your God require of you. Be blessed.